0: Well, if you saw in your bulletin already, uh, the title for our series is Connected. And we're really looking uh, at the vision, the mission, the values of our church, some goals we're going to get into today. And, and so today, really, we, we do have a sermon. Uh, it's going to be a little bit shorter as we, as we look at part of that vision and mission for our church. Uh, but I really want to take you back all the way to the beginning, about two and a half years ago, of how we got where we are today, as we look at our vision and our mission and our values of of this church. And so it was in 2020, -2020, mid-2020, we were were talking as elders and and really asking the questions, who are we? Where are we going? What are our goals? What is our purpose? And so we started as you should in that moment, just a complete blank slate that you see on the screen here today. And we had our name, we had that much. We knew that we were a church in Maple Plain, but we just looked at it, and we're really seeking God's direction for our church of what is it that he wants us to be about. And when you do ask those kinds of questions, you have to kind of answer the, the right questions, the big questions. What is your vision, your mission, your values as a church? And it starts with vision, and that's just really asking yourself, where do we want to be? Who do we want to become? And what is our, our great purpose in this community? And 2020 was a challenging year. This is in the middle of the year when uh, we weren't meeting in person and and people were kind of uh, fractured from one another. And we were really thinking about what, what do we need right now in the future as a church? And, and the word that kept coming back was connectedness. We need to be connected with one another. When I use that word, we're, we're talking about relationships. And the vision that we had is is that we want to be a place that people can connect. Because relationships are all that matters in this life and for all of eternity. It's the only thing you actually bring with you into eternity is relationships. We want to, we want strong relationships for everyone here. And we, we come to these conclusions after, you know, collectively hundreds of hours of, of prayer and discussion with one another in all of the ministries of the church. And this is a common theme we're coming down to, is, is we want people to be connected. But we can't stop there. That's pretty vague and general, and we don't know how to get there. So we have to come up with a mission, which is what all of you probably have memorized by now. Our mission is to connect with God, to connect with others, and to connect others with God. What this really does is it, it defines the kinds of relationships we're pursuing as a community. The three most important relationships we can have as a church. First is our relationship with God. It starts there. We connect with God in all of the most meaningful ways. Then we also connect with one another as believers and, and build this, these strong relationships together and this unity under the lordship of Christ. And the third relationship we need to pursue as a church is the relationship with those outside of our church. Our mission is to connect with God, connect with others, and connect others with God. Now, through this time, as I said, we spent a lot of time discussing. We, we spent a lot of time talking with all of the different ministries in the church. And we didn't need to come up with our values Our values, and what your values are, are the the parts that define you as a community. It's your values that kind of become the bedrock. Or if you look at it, it, this is the road you travel on to fulfill your mission, to complete your vision. What are our values, the things that define us? Again, this is is really talking to everything, and we just kind of threw it up on a board. Let's just come up with the the things, and and we came up with nine values that we identified as, as common themes that define us. And this is where we knew God was at work because now it fit in perfectly with our mission. Our values were prayer, and this is in no particular order, prayer, worship, biblical foundation, fellowship, discipleship, Christian unity, Christian service, local outreach, and global missions. These are the values that, that define us, that drive our mission forward to complete our vision. And it worked out so perfectly that there was three that was under each kind of mission statement. That we're really about prayer. And there's no effective church without effective prayer. Prayer needs to be driving everything we do and, and understand that there's great power in that. And that's why we have, uh, we have prayer after every service for anyone. We have a community prayer time at 8.30 every Sunday. We, we encourage prayer in all of our groups and in our communities. Worship is really this, this personal relationship. This is the kind of relationship you have with God, is that everything is driven by your worship of him. This is how you talk, how you think, how you spend your time, how you spend your resources. It's not just coming together and singing our worship songs, which is a meaningful moment, but everything you do is centered around the worship of God as you connect with him. And the biblical foundation was the third value that we're going to be talking about this morning, is that everything we do as a community needs to be rooted in the Word of God. We don't stray from that, and we start with that. What does God's Word have to say? And we don't compromise on that. We have three other values under connecting with others, which is fellowship, which is just simply building the relationships with one another. Discipleship, which is pointing each other towards God as we grow together. And Christian unity, which is this idea that we're all united under God and the supernatural unity that bonds us together in peace. As we connect others with God, this is through our Christian service and this idea that everyone is gifted on purpose and with purpose. That we all have something to use in service to God that connects others with him. That there's a local outreach, that we have a prime mission field right here in our community as we build relationships with them and draw them in. And the global missions is, as we understand, that we go to the ends of the earth for that same, that same uh, mission to connect people with God. So this is what we came up with, and this is what we've been working on. This is what's been printed in the bulletin. You've probably never seen all of it together in one slide like this. But this is who we are, who we want to become how we get there and the values that are going to drive us. We're about being disciples who make disciples. And what's great about this is when we consider our discipleship model, what does it mean to be a disciple? Is it's actually built right into our mission. That it's not just about coming to church and doing the things, but what does it mean to actually be a disciple? And we look at this as as you come in, you connect with God first, build that relationship. Then you move on to building relationships with others, which moves on to helping others build a relationship with God. And as others are connected with God, they go back to the beginning and they start there. It's this cyclical model we want to build as we make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. So we've been there now for a couple of years of understanding and defining who we are. But what we've been challenged with over the last year and we've been discussing again about is what kind of goals do we have in this? Because success can't be by accident. It needs to be on purpose. So what kind of metrics are we going to create to help us to connect with God, with others, and others with God? So I'm going to reveal to you our three visionary goals for the year. And we're going to be talking about these throughout this whole sermon series and throughout the year. And the first is this. We call it the Give Him Ten goal. And this is really more of a challenge than it is a goal. But the idea is that We have a goal for everyone at MPCC to spend at least 10 minutes a day in Bible reading and prayer. Everyone to spend at least 10 minutes a day in Bible reading and prayer. And this is how we have a goal for everyone to connect with God. And this is one of those things we're not going to track. We're not going to ask you. We're just going to continue to challenge you and give you all the resources you need. This is what we'll be talking about this morning. But that's the first goal is to give them 10. The second one is more of an internal goal that we're going to track. It's, it's the idea of getting together. And we want two out of every three regular attenders of our church to be involved in a connection group. And we have a, a variety of things that fall under the umbrella of connection group. It might be Bible studies, it might be small groups, it might be a connections hour, a 9 a.m. class. But we, we have this desire uh, not only for there to be fellowship here, but for there to be close fellowship in these groups as you grow together. And the third goal is the big goal. It's called a Hag goal. You ever hear of that? Big, hairy, big audacious hairy, audacious goal. We wanted one goal that we could all get around as a community that we're going to track, we're going to talk about and challenge every week. And this is to connect others with God by reaching 200 What this means is that our goal is for every individual at MPCC to share the gospel with at least one person in this calendar year, which will total 200 as a community by year's end. This is a goal that we're going to track. We're going to have a way for you to submit uh, this with as much information as you'd like. We're going to have graphics week after week to find out how we're tracking with this goal. But every person, and this is for you to start praying about and thinking about, is just identify one person that needs to hear the gospel of Christ that you can share this with. One person. And as a community, we can reach this goal, or maybe make it 5 or 10 or 20. But we want to reach 200 people with the gospel of Christ this year. And this is the goal that's specific, right? It's measurable, it's attainable, it's relevant, and it's time-sensitive we're all going to be held accountable to this goal as a community. And why is this our goal? Because Jesus told us to. This is fulfilling his great commission to us, which is to make disciples. And it comes by sharing the gospel. So we're not tracking people who accept the gospel and give their life to Christ because we believe that that's actually God's work to do. Our work is simply to share the good news and to be praying for them and to be encouraging them, and God kind of takes care of the rest. But we'll get more into that throughout the series of, of reaching 200 for the year. But today we're going to focus on, on that first kind of challenge, uh, which is giving God 10 minutes a day in Bible reading and prayer, connecting with God through His Word. And the, the verses we're going to look at today are out of 2 Timothy 3, uh, verses 14 through 17. But I just want to start with a few statistics. For you guys today statistics and observations of where we're at we live in a time when the word of God the Bible has never been more accessible it's never been easier to find and to read it's literally on every phone there's more Bibles in print now than ever in the history of the world And most people would agree, according to a survey by Lifeway done recently, most people agree that it's important to read the Bible. This is of evangelical Christians. 88% agree that reading the Bible is of the utmost importance for the faith. And yet, only 32% read it daily. Less than one in three people read it every day. 25% only read it weekly or on a monthly basis, and only 10% of Christians have read all of the Bible. Now, some other statistics you need to know is that it takes about 20 minutes a day to read the Bible in a whole year. It is a lot of work, and it is commitment, but it's really not too bad. At the same time, the average American spends five hours and four minutes a day watching TV. And for younger generations like mine, they spend an average of about five hours on their phones every day, and two and a half of those hours are dedicated specifically to social media. We all have the ability and the capacity to connect with God through his word every day. And this is not a sermon to guilt you, but really a sermon to encourage you. Of this great opportunity we have now to connect with God every day in His Word in the most easy way possible. And we're going to talk about those resources here at the end of the sermon. But we have to, before we get to that and the challenge, we have to understand both the purpose and the power of connecting with God through His Word. And that's found here in 2 Timothy 3, verses 14 through 17. So if you're not open there uh, already, please do that, and it's also going to be available here on the screen. But let's read, read those verses together. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now these verses, as I said, explain to us the purpose and the power of knowing God's Word. And we see in the first couple verses this purpose. Why why do you study God's Word? Why do you read the Bible? And to really understand this, we have to just take a a quick look at at what's going on here. This is the Apostle Paul writing to Timothy, who has been put in charge of the church in Ephesus. And Ephesus is, is kind of this battleground for spiritual truth. There's a lot of false teaching Going on, And so Timothy's really got kind of a mess on his hands, and and he's getting this guidance from the Apostle Paul of of how to sort this out. And he says, as for you, Timothy, which is in contrast to those who are being led away by false teaching, we see in verse 13 that there's these evildoers and imposters that will go from bad to worse because they are deceiving and being deceived. And that's not much different than today's day and age. There's a lot of Falsities going around there. And it's easy to be deceived if you don't understand the word of God. But in contrast, he says in verse 14, As for you, Timothy, continue in what you've learned and become convinced of because you know from whom you've learned it. From infancy, from a young age. Timothy has known the word of God his whole life. And he was taught probably by his, his mother and his grandmother, whose names are Eunice and Lois, and and is reinforced, and he can see God working in their lives, and he can see the testimony of their changed lives, and he said, trust in what you know from a young age. From infancy, you have known the Holy Scriptures, which, by the way, is the importance and, and why we need to keep investing heavily in our children's and our youth ministries. We want them to know the Scriptures from a young age so they understand how to combat all the falsities and the misleading things and the deceiving things of this world. But he says, from a young age, you've known the truth. And so continue in that and walk in that. And the purpose for knowing God's word is that it's able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. That's a very powerful statement because it's saying the purpose of all of the scriptures, everything, all 66 books, the purpose is to point you to Jesus and to understand your need for him. This is a big book, right? It's, it's easy to get lost in it. There's 66 books, and all of them have their own themes, and, and, and there's, there's kind of different messages sprinkled throughout them, but all of them work together in unity for one purpose, to point you Jesus and to know that salvation comes through no other name than Jesus Christ we need help and Jesus is that help that's why we study God's word because that message will be found nowhere else if you're hoping that your kids learn that from school and culture and social media it's not coming that message comes from his word Everything points towards salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So some people who aren't reading the Bible, who want to read the Bible, they often ask, where do I start? And the short answer is, anywhere. Anywhere. Read any of it, and and it will point you to Jesus. Now, granted, there's going to be some things that are easier to understand Than others, So I would say probably start with the Gospel of John or something that's going to detail it more specifically. But every part of the Bible points us to Jesus. So when you connect with God's word, you connect with his truth. And when you know the truth, you can identify the lies and the deceptions. That's the purpose of knowing God's word. Now the power of knowing God's word we see in in verses 16 and 17. And we read that all scripture is God-breathed. All scripture is God-breathed. And this is one of the most important verses of all of the Bible. Because it explains to you what the Bible is. It is God-breathed, which means is initiated, is influenced by him. That if the scriptures take you anywhere, that the scriptures are are like God's breath into the sail that moves you. It is God speaking to you. That's why we call it God's word. In our statement of faith as a church, there's a number of things we say we believe, but one of them is that we believe that the scriptures, both Old and New Testaments, in the original writings, are verbally inspired by the Holy Spirit, that they are inerrant, infallible, and the authoritative word of God. What that means is, is nothing you read in this book is by accident, all of it is completely on purpose. All scripture is God-breathed. And that's why as you read this, there's going to be things that challenge you. There may be things that even offend you. But all of it is God's word. And it's to be revered in that way. That's the power of knowing God's word. As you are really hearing his word with his breath. It becomes useful, we see four things here, for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And we'll go through these real fast here. But as you study God's word, it's useful for teaching. And this can be uh, interpreted two different ways that that God's word teaches you as you read it, but it also helps you in in teaching others. And this is a very positive word here to teach is to instruct or to build someone up. What that means is, is all of the biggest questions of life can be answered by studying God's word Is there a God? What is he like? What is his character? How do I know him? How and why was the world created? Why am I here? What do I exist for? What is my meaning and purpose? How do I know right from wrong? What happens after I die? We're taught all of those answers as we study his word. And the opposite side of teaching is rebuking or reproving. And rather than pointing us towards what is right in teaching, rebuking helps to point out what is wrong. And in this case, it, it might be bad ideas or false teaching. It could be bad behavior or sin and disobedience. To rebu- rebuke or to reprove is to know, to be convicted of what is wrong. And we often read this verse and like, ha, if I studied the Bible i got all this ammunition now, you know, for my nosy neighbor and, and uh, that that really obnoxious church member and my spouse that doesn't listen, and I can really, you know, really point out all the, the faults in their life. But this is actually used in a sense that it rebukes those who read it. This is for you to be rebuked as you read God's word. We all have errors in our lives, and I've experienced this many times. As, as I read the Bible, it's just like, yeah, I really failed in that area. This is where Bible reading isn't always fun. It's, it's often very encouraging and uplifting, but there's times you will be convicted. Hebrews 4.12 tells us that the word of God is alive and active. Wouldn't that, that means that in every situation, the word of God is working, and it's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing the soul and the spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. This is the power of knowing God's word as you understand in your own life where you failed, where you can be convicted. Now, ultimately, God's word might offend you, but the greatest purpose of God's word is that it will change you. It'll change you. Third word here is as for correcting. So rather than just pointing out these faults and knowing everything you've done wrong, it's not a great place to sit, Now it's correcting and showing you the right path of what to walk on. The only time this word is used in all of the Bible is here, correcting. And another way to translate this is restoring. God's word is is powerful in that it restores people. It makes things the way it was supposed to be. It brings you back to God's original design. Here this is kind of course correction. It's being guided back. Into what is right. It helps you overcome dangerous habits and break harmful alliances and mend broken relationships. God's word restores. And that it also trains you. Instead of just pointing in the right direction, we're strengthened to continue in the right direction. And I view this kind of like parenting a child. Right? If all you did is just spank them and told them everything they did was wrong, The kid's going to grow up with a lot of complexes. But to be a good parent, it's not just pointing out faults, but guiding them in the right path and training them and disciplining them to continue doing the right things. That's what God's word does for us, is it trains us in all areas of our life, and it helps us to continue with strength in the right path. The purpose of studying God's word is not just that we can live a happy, self-centered life, is to do his will and to live in his righteousness, which brings you on to the greater power that we see here of knowing God's word in verse 17, which is being thoroughly equipped for every good work. This is why our challenge exists as a church, that if we want to be effective in everything we do, it starts with knowing his word, spending 10 minutes a day, in Bible study and prayer so you can be thoroughly equipped for every good work. If we want our ministries to be effective here, it starts with the servants of God knowing his word. Equipped means furnished, supplied, and thoroughly means completely. If you want to be completely supplied with every resource you need to do every good work, it comes through knowing his word. So we see is the goal of all of this, of studying his word, giving him 10 minutes a day, is not to keep you busy. It's to keep you effective, to fulfill his commands, to be his disciples and make disciples. Connecting with his word not only changes you and your life, it may save the life of someone else. There's purpose and there's power in knowing God's word. As we think about this goal of, of giving him 10, I'm just going to close today with, with five simple tips for you. Okay? and The first is this. <clears throat> just schedule a time for it. This is another thing that won't happen by accident. If you schedule a time, carve out time in your day, this gives you time set apart for it. And For some of you, it might be the first thing you do when you wake up. Maybe it's when you eat breakfast. Maybe it's right before you go to bed, but have something every day that this is a time set apart. The reality is you just have to do it. You just have to do it. I remember talking to someone who um, probably looks a lot like me. right? Doesn't look like they could run a marathon or do much. And, and they couldn't run more than a couple thousand feet straight uh, without, without stopping. And they trained themselves into being able to run marathons on a regular basis. And I, and I talked to them what do you like what did you do to get better at running? His answer? Run. Like you know, I understand that but like what what like what was your training plan? Running. It's a, it's a simple answer. If you want to be better at running, you run. And for some of us like we we wish we could be better at reading the Bible. I wish I had more biblical knowledge. I wish I put more time into it. How do you get better at reading the Bible? Read it. Anyway, just open it up and, and read and, and use the resources that are going to help you do that. And that's the second point here, is, is we live in this, this day and age where you can literally find the Word of God anywhere. So identify the resources that are going to be helpful to you. Now, some of you uh, might only like to read out of a book. And that's, that's great. I'm actually kind of in that camp. I would rather read out of paper than, than on my phone. But... Understand, like, find what resource is going to help you do that. And so if you're one that's kind of new to this or, or, or not really sure where to go, maybe uh, pick up uh, one of these two kind of Bibles. There's just a couple of many examples. Uh, life, life Application Study Bible is one that I actually use in my own personal devotionals, where it, you got all of the text on top, but underneath is just really helpful ways to kind of think about the text and apply it to your life. Maybe it's finding a Bible that has a plan written into it, like the one-year Bible plan. And again, there's many of these, but that gives you direction of where to go. And it's a resource to help you. And I kind of look at this of if, if you've never been in a gym before and you walk in and you see all of the equipment and the barbells and everything, and you don't know, you don't know what you're doing, I mean you could just go start. Doing a machine and see what happens, but it's helpful to have some sort of guidance and plan and resource and with that. And there's, many many who have, who've created resources like this. I encourage you to do that, or, or just you, know, on your phone, there's a lot of them available. My favorite app, by far, is the UVersion app. There's so much you can do in this. And, and it has verses of the day that pop up. And, and with that, there's kind of like a little video you can watch to, to help understand that verse and a guided prayer time. There's Bible reading plans that are thematic, or you can do a one-year Bible reading plan. There's, there's notes you can take, and, and there's uh, audio on all of the versions. So if, if you're one that'd rather listen to the Bible in your car ride, you can do that. And they have the ability to uh, read through plans with someone else where you can take notes together on that. But find these resources and use them. And the more you do this, it becomes a discipline. It's Charles Spurgeon who said that true Bible readers never find it wearisome. They like it least who know it least, and they love it most who read it most. The more you read the Bible, the easier it's going to be. But start somewhere, find the resources, and use them. As I talked about, one of those resources is a reading plan, just kind of being pointed in the right direction. And this helps kind of keep you accountable to know, I haven't read the Bible for uh, five days straight now, so now I've got this big stockpile to to catch up on. But reading plans can be really helpful just to give you a, a guided place to start. And there's many of those available. If you want a Bible reading plan, talk to me or to Chris or any of the ministry staff and we can help you find one of those the fourth is to find a Bible-reading partner. And this, is again, is just a system of accountability. This could be a spouse. It could be a friend. Whatever it is, someone that you can read, read the Bible with on a regular basis and share your thoughts with one another. It's a really helpful way uh, to, to do that regularly. And the last is this. This isn't going to be for everyone, but it's going to be for some of you. Keep a journal. Keep a journal. It's just simple. Every day... This is what I read. Here's the big idea that I took out of today's text and how I want to apply it to my life. And the the discipline of journaling is actually really helpful in doing this regularly. Record your your prayers and and your your general just observations. And and if you do that, that will help you uh, stay consistent with that. But these are just five quick tips. But the last one is, is this. Just do it. Just do it just read it. Any way you do it, anywhere you read it is going to be helpful and his word will not return void. But when you give him 10 minutes a day, at least 10 minutes a day of reading the Bible and connecting with God, it will change your life, which means it will change our church, which it means it will change our world. Connect with God through his word. Let's close in prayer today. God, we thank you for the gift of of your word that guides us in all things, that encourages us, that corrects us. And God, I just pray we'd be a people that truly love your word and are are rooted in it in all we do. And so I pray now for for this challenge that we're throwing out here to give them 10 minutes a day. There might be some of us here who are saying, I've been doing that for 20 years straight and I'm going to keep doing it because of what it's meant for me. and Maybe there's others who are just have never really found that discipline, who want to do it. God, I pray that we'd all be centered around that challenge, knowing the, the great benefits of, of reading your word and spending time with you. God, that it truly does transform every part of us. And so I just pray, God, that we would be a people who would be centered around that, and, and knowing that we have a great mission before us, as we connect with you, we connect with others, and we connect others with God, I, I pray ultimately this is for your glory and your glory alone, that your kingdom be magnified and, and multiplied, and that we can be a part of this great work that's so much bigger than ourselves, But God is centered around you. And we're thankful for that. We have hope in that. And we're excited to see what you have to do uh, here, both now and in the future. But God, we pray all these things in your name. We trust them to you. We thank you for the ways that, that you work with us. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.